0: Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Lauren Driscoll. She's a healthcare strategist and entrepreneur and founded Project Well to support health plans, efforts to address critical non-clinical needs of their members, nutritional and social isolation. Lauren is also a senior advisor in the strategy practice of Levitt Partners, a health intelligence firm founded by former Secretary of Human Health and Human Services, Michael Levitt. Prior to Levitt Partners, Lauren served as Corporate Director of Oxford Health Plan's Medicare business. Lauren's also a co-chair of the United States of Care Entrepreneurs Council. Lauren is also a board member at Village Health Works, a healthcare organization that addresses the root causes of illness, poverty, and neglect in Burundi, Africa. She's served as the Acting Executive Director of Village Health Works and is also a member of the University of Virginia College of Arts and Sciences Foundation Board. Lauren grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. She received her bachelor's in University of Virginia and her master's in public health from Columbia University. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic of really health through what you eat. And the work that they're doing at Project Well is fascinating, food as medicine. And Lauren is going to be helping us understand how their helping people stay healthy and thrive with what they eat. Lauren, such a privilege to have you here today.
1: Yeah, Saul, so thank you so much for inviting me to talk with you.
0: Absolutely. Now, I love the focus of food, right? You and I had a chance to connect <laughs> before the interview, and it's near and dear to, to my heart, my, my family's heart, what we eat matters so much. Before we dive into the value prop that you guys have, I'd love to learn more about what inspires your work in healthcare.
1: Sure. Yeah. There are really three things, Saul, that have really pulled me into healthcare. I would say first is just my belief that older adults really deserve better. There's just so much sort of preventable hardship and suffering with respect to health. And, you know, I guess I feel like it's just super unfair that after spending their lives doing the best they can and often nurturing, sort of next generations that we aren't doing a better job with respect to the chronic disease that so many of our older adults suffer with. So that that's kind of number 1. Number 2 I would say is just the unfortunate inefficiency of our US healthcare system. Part of me I almost think I might have been a, a process engineer or something in another life it drives me crazy to not take the sort of shortest path between two points. And so I look at situations in our U.S. healthcare today, especially say with dual eligibles, the the care for those who are eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, and therefore sort of among the most vulnerable in our country. And yet there's just, there's so much inefficiency with these two payment streams and the two sets of rules really creating just, you know, perverse incentives that end up causing these folks to sort of ping-pong around our system and drive exorbitant costs and not even particularly good health outcomes. So I would say it's inefficiencies like that that, you know, really draw me into healthcare. And then the final one is, you know, you, you introduced, which is just I am such a believer in food as medicine. Um, I think it's very simple. You know, good food leads to good health. And so as simple as that sounds and sort of even elegant, it's clear that there's just a sort of glaring missed opportunity in our country to really leverage the, the power of food. So it's really a combination of these, these three things that inspired me to start Project Well.
0: Good for you. And, you know, you captured some heavy stuff there, Lauren, you know, older adults deserve better and, you know, we're inefficient and food can be medicine and, and it is. So uh, let's dive into this. You know, what, what exactly is Project Well and how are you guys adding value to the healthcare ecosystem?
1: Sure. So our mission, I'll, I'll sort of just start out by explaining Project Well I'll tell you our mission. Sure. It's really just to improve the lives of those who are suffering with with chronic disease, often food insecurity and loneliness, and to bend the healthcare cost curve as we do it. So our solution is centered on food. And we look at food not only as medicine, but also as an anchor for socialization and education. I mean, at the end of the day, we know people come together around food. And so we are a young company. So we are really starting with home delivered meals and meal kits for those who really have sort of the most nutritionally sensitive chronic disease. So think diabetes and heart disease. And we're starting there both because these are the people that have the greatest level of need, we can help the most, but also because um, our proof of concept pilots will really drive results there most quickly.
0: Well, this focus on and meals. You know, the, the 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 chronically ill are suffering. And as you mentioned earlier, they they're taking up a, a large part of the healthcare bill, you know, and that's just the reality of it. Finding novel ways to address their needs is is critical and now more than ever, especially around, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but you know, COVID-19, right? We're dealing with it. The reality is they need help more than ever too. So, you know, getting them the right food at the right time, all of these things matter. And let's face it, the price of food compared to medications, it's, you, you can't even compare. So talk to us about what makes you guys different and better than what's available today.
1: Well, so I, I have to start out by saying there's just so much good work that's being done out there, whether it's food banks or medically tailored meal companies, but it's just still, you know, really early days in the let's call it a food as medicine field. And so it's, you know, early days in terms of literature that is published showing that food interventions, you know, actually do make a difference. I would say that what we are doing is following in the footsteps of a lot of the great work that's been done by the medically tailored meal companies and food banks and food bank programs, but we're doing it in a slightly different way. So we have created a tech-enabled platform with an application whose name is Betty. She's I think of Betty as a concierge. And and then a matching algorithm that really gives us the ability to hyper-personalize, to give people food that will really work for them and that they will enjoy. So we're factoring in not only clinical needs, but also preferences and circumstances. So to give an example, say someone has just been diagnosed with congestive heart failure and they've been told that you know they should eat a predominantly plant-based diet but they hate eggplant and they love italian food and you know they love to cook we would make a point of sending that person food that is both healthful for them but also addresses some of those preferences and also, you know, in other cases, circumstances like lack of functional status and dexterity to be able to prepare a meal, so therefore send a prepared meal. So it's really just a a different ap- approach to the great work that's been done out there already in the food as medicine space.
0: No, that's a, those are some good distinctions, Lauren, and you know, factoring in those those preferences, the circumstances. Along with the clinical need, it's like it's like you turn on Netflix, right, and you get exactly what you want to watch, and it fits what you've been. There's like a percentage fit and everything, right? I mean, it's just like such a nice thing. Except you guys are doing this with food that meets clinical needs,
1: right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and then you've got the added benefit here of being able to prove health outcomes. So it goes beyond the satisfaction. Um, So enjoyment is definitely a key important factor of diet. We know that enjoyment is a key motivator to eating well, but here we have the added benefit of going beyond enjoyment and actually improving health outcomes and even driving down medical costs. So, great great analogy and I I would just, you know, add add some even, you know, additional benefits.
0: Yeah, you know, the enjoyment piece is key. I did two different diets, I don't know, programs and uh, one of them was like just plant-based, not really enjoyable. I was so glad to be done with it. I was doing it just to, 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 to lose some weight, right? I had gained, I tend to gain weight over the holidays. <laughs> yeah, and uh, We all do. Yeah. I know, right? It's terrible, but I always find myself doing something new. And, and then this time around, I did a program through uh, actually a guest on, on the podcast. And uh, I enjoyed the meals and I'm still doing it. Even though I'm done with the program, I'm still eating the meals and I'm enjoying them. So this is yeah, a big deal, Lauren.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just um, also feeling the uh, viscerally recognizing that you feel better. We have found that people end up eat, you know, really having lasting dietary behavior chains. They end up choosing better food over the long run.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. And that lasting effect is, is, is key. And especially if you're feeling better, such a great thing. Give me an example, Lauren. I'd love to hear something that you've heard or, or seen of outcomes improvement or even you know better ways of doing business.
1: So we've been piloting with a health system in New York City targeting their congestive heart failure patients and it's really been exciting to see the results. We've seen significant results with respect to both physical and mental health outcomes and then we've also seen you know patients have reported this lasting change that we were talking about that their ongoing food choices have become more healthful. So We believe it's our ability to really personalize the food solutions that we're sending to people that's just driving really better compliance and therefore better outcomes, which will lead to medical savings. And honestly, a a number of the comments that we get are just super endearing and encouraging. Things like I never knew, I, you know, here I've been, I'm 70 years old and I never knew that I loved cauliflower. Now I mm-hmm. want to eat cauliflower all the time. You know, I never knew vegetables could taste so good or, you know, I used to think that chicken and rice was sort of the only yummy dish I could make. And now I have so many other things that I've enjoyed eating. So it's been really encouraging the, uh, the early
0: results. That's awesome. That's so great. Having those extra options, right? I, like, you feel you get stuck in, in your recipes and, and what you tend to eat. And just having those extra options, this opens up a world of, of, of what you can eat. And if it's directly tied to, to your health, then that's huge.
1: And then there's that added benefit, which is so key to the business model, that it's also driving medical savings or reducing readmissions. So there really is a return on investment for our clients for, for health plans and health systems. And there is emerging literature that shows that, you know, home delivered medically tailored meals actually do drive significant medical savings that represent a return on investment for health plans um, and at risk health care providers. It's sort of a, I, I think of it as sort of a virtuous circle that, you know, it, the business model and the actual healthcare is, you know, all sort of self-perpetuating and taking us in the right direction.
0: Agreed. And, and so how is this prescribed? You know, is, is this something that the payer or the employer Owns as part of the care plan, and, and tell me a little bit more about the the dollars.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, we have learned, really through this through emerging literature, that it's the, the more targeted this intervention, and the more tailored the intervention, the really the better. So we will work with our customers to target a particular population so potentially you know people who have diabetes and are food insecure and then we will reach out to those individuals and have a you know highly customized range of food solutions for those individuals and the our client actually pays us on behalf of those and you know members or patients they pay us to select and deliver, match the, the best food solution. And it's really the medical savings and the enhanced member and patient engagement that really makes it worth their while.
0: Sure. Sure. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're not doing that, you, you know, the alternative is you'll be paying for a heart procedure or an ER visit. So Absolutely. do the math.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I said, it's early days, but the research is, is emerging that you really can drive down ED use, you can drive down hospitalizations and total cost of care.
0: Well, I'm glad. And, you know, it, it seems like it, it, it takes putting food in the context of things that we're so used to prescribing, quote unquote, in Within the within the confines of, of what we're used to billing for and and you know associating it with those things for it to actually catch on, totally. And and I'm glad that you guys are doing this. I mean, you know, it, ultimately we got to speak the language of healthcare if we're gonna have solutions like food as medicine uh, have success. So so tell me a little bit more about maybe a setback that you guys have experienced and a key learning that's come out of it.
1: Sure. Well, you know, truthfully and sort of knock on wood, um, project well has not really had setbacks yet. Um, we've really been, you know, it's, it's early days. We are, um, just over a year old. Mm -hmm. Um, and we really have been this sort of lean, mean, but empathic, uh, machine and, um, We've just been accumulating some great advisors and team members and had lots of incoming interest and, you know, are just continuing to build. So I'm happy to say no real setback there. But I did want to take the opportunity just to talk um, on a more personal note. Yeah, I, so I decided after having been the lead on the Medicare business at Oxford Health Plans, I decided that I really wanted to be at home with my with my kids and I ended up spending about a decade at home really taking care of my kids and just being you know sort of working in the home and I don't regret it for a minute because there are many reasons on a personal level why it was a clear right choice but I have to say it was a bit of a setback in terms of reentering the workforce now a, a decade ago but you know I guess what I really learned from that is that life really has chapters and um, entrepreneurship does not have to be an early chapter.
0: Hmm. Love it. I love it. Well, and, and, and with that, you, know, you're, you I'm sure you got all sorts of insights and you know, caring for your family and also having the, the insider mindset and kind of approach to healthcare. I mean, there's something to that, right? You, you took a break from it all. And and came back with a different angle.
1: Totally, totally. And um, food as medicine did play a role, you know, during that period. You know, so you're right. You do get, you do bring perspective from every chapter.
0: Love it. That's a great way to look at it. You know, um, every chapter. And 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 you know, you're listening to this right now, and you're thinking, hmm, what chapter am I in? And, 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 uh, and if you take some time to reflect on that and you're ready to turn the page and maybe start a new one, then that's fine. But if you're in the middle of a good one or you're enjoying where you're at, that's good too. There's time here. And, 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 you know, healthcare, uh, doesn't move super fast. Although these last few months we're going to see some advances, but, uh, you know, Lauren brings up a good point, you know, these, these chapters in life. Uh, and, and so, as you as you think about sort of the last ten years and the you know now the, the the new chapter that you're on with Project Well, what would you say you're most excited about?
1: Well, certainly, I think there seems to be sort of an awakening with respect to the importance of upstream factors and you know the social determinants of health, and there seems to be a particular recognition that food is is so incredibly important. You know, you see people at large starting to really appreciate and demand healthy food. It's, it's almost like there's sort of an expanding, almost popular consciousness around the importance of food. You know, even prior to this COVID-19 crisis, there's just a greater recognition. And certainly the COVID-19 crisis has kind of turned up the volume because we're seeing people with heart disease and diabetes who suffer with obesity as being even more vulnerable than than others but it's it's good to see that the recognition is is really increasing and it's not only sort of on a grassroots level and in the medical community but even you know there's a bipartisan food as medicine working group now and On a state level, there's been some amazing work underway. Massachusetts and North Carolina have both made great strides with respect to uh, food as medicine and just addressing other social factors that are so critical to people's well-being and their health. So lots of great work. And then I love the work that United States of Care, um, which was founded by Andy Slabit and Natalie Davis, Mm-hmm. They're really taking some of these best practices that are coming out of uh, certain states and sharing them with other states. so it's uh, it's just heartening to see the uh, sort of the groundswell of of recognition and focus on on these social factors and in particular, food.
0: It is exciting and And I think it's going to make a big difference. So as we wind down our our chat today, Lauren. I'm curious what you would recommend as far as reading material for, for all of us.
1: Yeah. So, um, favorite book ever is mm-hmm. um, a book that uh, was written by Wallace Stegner. Mm-hmm. And the title is Angle of Repose. Hmm. And it actually takes place at the time of Manifest Destiny. And it's the story of an individual woman who sort of makes her way across the country. So it's a story of journey and progress and growth and learning, not tied to healthcare, but, you know, just a, a beautiful story and, and journey.
0: Well, you know what, it sounds, it sounds fascinating. And, you know, we are going through the journey with progress and growth and learning. So there might be something there for us in healthcare as well. Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah, uh, and,
1: and, of course. <laughs>
0: Uh, You know, I, 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 I love literature. Like you you learn a lot from it and even history. Right. And, And I feel like there's that, that human fabric that you could pull and gain from and apply really to anything, including healthcare. And I'm sure there's some nuggets in there around humanity and, you know, maybe resilience that I'm sure could help us. Absolutely. So Lauren, this has been a ton of fun. Folks, just as a reminder, you can go to learn more on Project Well's website. It's wellbetty.com. Uh, that's wellbetty.com. Or just go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar type in Project Well. And you'll see today's, oh, you'll, you'll be able to see the show notes with the full transcript and also hear the podcast from there or your favorite uh, podcast application. Um, and uh, yeah, so make sure you you check out my conversation here with Lauren Driscoll. Lauren, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just leave us with the closing thought, and then the best place for the listeners could continue the conversation with you.
1: Sure. Um, well, thanks again, Saul, so much for the conversation. I think it just has to be, do not es- underestimate the power of food. You know, eat more fruits and vegetables, more whole grains, seed, seeds and nuts, less sugar, less meat, less processed food, and it will serve you well. And please do feel free to continue the conversation. Uh, you can reach me at lauren at wellbetty.com.
0: Outstanding, Lauren. Thanks again for sharing your message. And uh, we definitely look forward to hearing more about how you guys are progressing with Project Well I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you.